Welcome to the Say So Podcast, where the redeemed of the Lord say so. Today I have the honor and privilege of speaking with Reverend Cal Pierce, who I had the audacity of asking him to be on my show that didn't even exist yet. I had recorded about eight podcast episodes within my church, but this interview with Reverend Cal Pierce is my very first interview on my own. Have a listen as Reverend Pierce delivers the truth. Reverend Cal Pierce is the founder and director of Healing Rooms Ministries and an established author. He teaches at conferences around the world about the provision Jesus provided for our healing. He and his wife, Michelle, live in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Healing Rooms and to find a healing room near you, please visit healingrooms.com. Welcome, Reverend Pierce. Thank you. So, so glad to be on, Jeannie. It's so great to have you. We met briefly at one of your speaking events in Satellite Beach, Florida, and you spoke at Kingdom Gate Worship Center on a Friday evening and then again on Saturday morning. I attended both sessions and I was furiously taking notes as you spoke, but I still had questions and I felt prompted to ask you to do this interview with me, which you so graciously said yes to, and I am so humbled and grateful to be speaking with you right now. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, to be talking to you, and uh, hopefully I can answer the questions uh, very well. I, I know you can, so let's dive right in. Um, fr- Friday night, uh, after I heard you sp- speak the first time, I, buy- I bought your book titled Truth, The Knowing That Makes You Free. And this book is packed with powerful biblical truths. And you have a way of explaining the scripture that makes it so easy to read. And you gave me personally more knowledge than I had before. And while I could base this entire interview on your book alone, there's just so much I want to ask you. And we have such a short time together. Um, But in, in your book, you write that so many people are born again with the gospel of salvation and live in bondage because they don't move into the gospel of the kingdom. Now, Reverend Pierce, this was the first time I had ever heard that message, and I want to know more. Can you please tell me what the different gospels are and how I can have both? Well, you know, the, the gospel of salvation that I spoke about is, is uh, what we what we enter into when we become born again. We learn about Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. You know, and so we become born again, but so often... So many believers don't move beyond that born-again experience. And what Jesus was bringing was the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom comes to a believer who receives the Holy Spirit and, and power in order to exhibit the kingdom of God on the earth as is in heaven. So Jesus commanded us to go into all the world, preach the gospel, he said, and these signs will accompany you. You shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. So we've got to do more than just be, be saved. Mm-hmm. We must move into the fullness of the Gospels, not just part of the Gospels, but all of the Gospels, to have the power to overcome the enemy and establish God's kingdom on the earth. How do we do that exactly? I mean, I, I'm a believer and I have the Holy Spirit um, living on the inside of me. But for someone listening, how do you how do you move from the gospel of salvation to experiencing the Holy Spirit and having him so you can exhibit God's kingdom here on earth? Well, I mean, you move from a hearer to a doer, you know, okay. you you look at the the word, the commandment of the word. Jesus says, 
you know, these signs here again will accompany those who believe. So we need to bring signs to a lost mm. generation and not just go to church and be a Christian, but know that God has called us to reach the lost in our, in our communities. So how do we do that? We, we go out and we bring a witness. We bring a sign to them. You know, they uh, right now, I think people need to have a divine encounter of God that, uh, that they're interested in. People want to see something real and see a God that, that, that exhibits power in their life. Because so many people today have, a, have, a, have seen what the enemy has done to mess up their life. Yeah. Now they need to see what God can do supernaturally to fix up their life and restore them and uh, commission them to, to, to not just be a hearer, but be a doer of the word. I like that. And you mentioned signs. That's something you mentioned at the event as well. You said uh, you referenced the Spokane, Washington sign and how the sign says, well, you know, the city's this way. So you don't stop at the sign. The sign is just an indicator of which way to, which, where, how to get to your destination. Yeah, the sign needs to point to Jesus, you know, because he's the source. So uh, if we can't exhibit signs to the lost generation, uh, they're not going to know how to get to Jesus. So, you know, we can we can preach to people, but if the, but maybe a greater power would be uh, not just preaching to people who Jesus is, but if they're sick, lay hands on them, see them recover, uh, and exhibit what the kingdom is all about, so that that produces a, a sign. <clears throat> like right now, we see in Muslim countries where they're coming to Christ because they see the power of Christ in their life. God is healing Muslims. They're having uh, a sign. They're seeing encounters with Jesus. They're having dreams of Jesus, and they're coming into the kingdom because of that. That's amazing. That's, that is great news. I love hearing that. Um, you had also mentioned, um, well, earlier I mentioned that you're the founder and the director of the Healing Room Ministries in Spokane, Washington. Um, your website says that you have discovered that healing is only difficult when I think it comes by my power. It must come from the power of his might. And then you reference Ephesians 6.10, which says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And you have said, when it's God, it's easy. And the key is that we are the vessel vessels God uses. Um, we, and you might say it this way, without God, we cannot, without us, he will not. Can you tell me more about what that means? Well, we are the vessels God uses because he calls us the body of Christ. And he put his spirit in us, the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. And why do we receive power? To have authority over the power of the enemy, to fulfill God's will on the earth, and to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. So... Uh, it's not our power, it's his power in us because we're the vessel that God uses on the earth. So uh, without God, we can't do it because we don't have our power in, in and of our own self. And with without us, he won't do it because Jesus is the head. We're seated with him in heavenly places and we are the body of Christ. And it's the body of Christ that does the work of the kingdom on the earth. Oh, I like that. 
So Jesus, I've heard, and I've heard you say this, Jesus is the head and we're the body. So that's why he's, he won't move without us because we're supposed to participate. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Because Jesus came and he was the, he was the walking word on the earth to show us what we're to do. And when he died, the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're seated with him, and he's the head over all rule and authority to his body. And so we're the body, and and now we we are to bring his kingdom on earth. Because one of the things that I said, I think, at the conference was, if this program down here was up to God, you know, it would have already been done by now, but it's up to us, and God's trying to get us to be awakened to the fullness of of his word and his power so that we can begin to reach out and begin to see cities transformed as we take the final harvest. I like how you said um, that he's trying to get us to know um, his his kingdom and his truth and his word. and you had referenced, I'm going back to your book, where you referenced John 8, 31 through 32, which says, So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And you had mentioned in your book that um, there are certain Bible translations that have changed the words um, from knowing that the, the truth will make you free to knowing that that the truth will set you free. And you explain that there's a big difference between the truth making us free versus the truth setting us free. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, please? Well, you know, if we if we read that from the standpoint of truth setting us free, uh, that just means that uh, we are we are we are set free. Sort of like you, a, a person could be in prison, be set free, but but not live in freedom. It, and when God makes you free, no matter where you're at, whether you're in a dark place or whether you're going through trials, tribulations, where where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Yeah. So when we when we receive the truth, which is Jesus, He is the truth, the way, the life. He's the Word of God, and when we get that Word inside of us, it changes us into His image and likeness so that we become His body and He's our head. So the knowing of truth makes us free so that nowhere, no matter where we're at, we live in freedom because we've got the Holy Spirit who, who gives us that. So it's, it's, a place, it's a place where we exist in knowing we're free no matter where we're at. I like that because I feel like setting us free means you're just, you're free, but you're free to just kind of do whatever you want. You're just set yeah, free. Now you're, yeah. Now you're now, yeah. Now you're, you got to make your own way, but when he makes you free, then you're transformed into his image and likeness because you're created that way. So one is one. And that's why I like to say that is because the word transforms us into his image and likeness as opposed to we were just set free and now you're on your own. Like right. You said. Right. I yeah. like that. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Um, uh, and then you also had mentioned um, that the spirit of religion makes us dependent. 
and the spirit of revelation releases us from dependence. What are we dependent upon or released from when when we have the spirit of religion versus a spirit of revelation? Well, when, you, when we have religious mindset, we move in form and not power. So re- religion keeps us where we're at. Revelation moves us to where God wants us to be. In other words, revelation by the Holy Spirit uncovers or reveals God's truth so that we can move into it and know that we are made free by it. But uh, religious mindset moves us in form, and that form denies power, as the scripture says. So so uh, we have to have the revelation of who God is in us and the authority that we have as a body of Christ so that we don't just come to church to get over the mess we had all week long, but we come to church to get equipped and move in power all week long. I like that because when you say the spirit of religion makes us move in form, do you mean like just traditions and rituals and man-made things? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. You know, yeah, because you know, we, we go through um, emotions Mm. because we have a religious mindset, you know, well, we, we got to read so many scriptures today. We quote the scripture, uh, but, but yet it has no power. But, but when we rely on the Holy Spirit to reveal that truth to us, it makes us free because it transforms us as opposed to giving us uh, religious mindsets. And it transforms us to be made free. In his, yeah, yeah to, to be made free in his image and likeness. To become the body of Jesus with all authority and power on the earth. Because greater is he that's in us than the enemy coming against us. Um, I'm glad you brought up enemy. Um, Because you had mentioned that the enemy can't touch us because we're made in the image of God. And the enemy would become like us, but he can't afford to be transformed. What did you mean by that? Well, the Bible says light overcomes darkness. Uh, Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has come upon you. And he said, kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Well, I think in this coming season, when we begin to really exhibit the fullness of who God is in us, and we become the light of the world, our light will overcome the darkness. So, in other words, when you go in and you begin to minister to somebody, they're in a dark place, maybe. Maybe they've been impacted by the enemy, and they're just lost, and they're in a dark place. But when you begin to exhibit Jesus, then they receive that light, and that light overcomes the darkness that's in their life. And so, you know, mm. the enemy knows that he can't he can't live in the light because there's no light in him. Mm. He is the father of lies. But, but, you know, I think we're coming into a season where the brightness of our rising will become so bright that the enemy can't can't approach us or get too close to us because the Bible says light overcomes or transforms darkness into its own image. So it exposes the darkness, and then what is dark becomes light, the Scripture says. So that's the only reason why I kind of made that point. You know, it was just kind of a, a thing to get people to think about the potential that we have in God when we truly allow our light to shine because God gives us what he calls the armor of light 
that extinguishes all the fiery darts. So mm. religious people, <clears throat> religious people have a tendency to receive what the enemy has, and then they become sick, or they become problem, they become problem centered, they become fearful, or whatever. But I think when you're a kingdom person, you, you're not going to accept what the enemy has. You know, you instead of fear, you'll have faith. Instead of weakness, you'll have power, and 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 you will walk in the truth because that truth will allow you to live in freedom uh, above the enemy, and you no longer accept what the enemy wants to do against you. I really like how you said that—that that you just no longer accept what the enemy has to offer. Like you already have a foundation of truth, and you've been transformed from glory to glory in God's image, and you're not. You're just like, you know, the enemy's out here handing you some bait or putting some, dangling something shiny in front of you. And you're like, no, I, that's, that's not the truth. I, yeah. I'm above, you know, I'm the light. You can't live in me. I, I, I don't want what you're offering. That's right. We don't accept what the enemy has and because he's a tempter and, and he's, he's trying to tempt us to buy into what he has, but we don't have to buy into it when we have what God has. I like that. And you just brought up a good point that the enemy tempts us. And I, I don't know if I heard it from you or it's in the Bible, but it says God does not tempt us. He's not a tempter. Um, but then I've got a question about the Lord's Prayer because the Lord's Prayer even says, um, deliver us from, does it say something like deliver us from temptation or deliver us from evil? Um, yep. So I'm like, well, then why is why is that in the Lord's Prayer if God doesn't tempt us? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't say God tempts us. He says he delivers us from uh, temptation. In other words, he oh, gives us okay. authority over it. He brings the deliverance. Now, our, our the question we have to ask, am I going to walk in it? Mm -hmm. Am I going to receive the temptation? God's given me authority over all the power of the enemy, and I have to make a decision. Am I going to walk in it and exhibit it in my life? Yeah, I like that. Um, you had also mentioned um, at the conference when relationship isn't enough, it turns into religion and we act as slaves instead of rulers. I think this is so powerful. Can you just tell me a little bit more about what you mean by this? Well, the, the servant mindset or a slave mindset uh, is, is when somebody just they go to church, they, they serve here, they serve there, they maybe clean the toilets, maybe sing in the choir, and they just go through a form that, that uh, doesn't give them power in their life, but yet they're, they're wanting to receive from God. Well, they've got issues, maybe the family issues or marital issues or physical issues, and they're wondering, how come the king hasn't blessed me? But the, what the king wants is us to not be a slave or a servant to Jesus, but to be a son and a daughter who rule with Jesus, because he brings us into sonship. And and in the king's house, the son and the daughter have an inheritance from the king. The servant or the slave, at the end of the day, has to go home. And the servant's reward is based on what the servant does, not what the king does. But the reward to the son and daughter, because they have an inheritance, comes from the king, because they're sons and daughters who rule with the king. And that's the difference. We're, we're, because the Bible says that the servant doesn't remain in the house, but the son does. 
So I like what you said there. How do how do we serve though in church or serve in the kingdom of God, not acting as a slave or servant, but serve as a ruler or a son or daughter of God, where we ha- where we we have His inheritance and we're not like you said. There might be conflict. There might be issues going on in someone's life. So here they are serving and doing their best. What they think is you know, their stewardship to God. But in reality, it's just a religious act. How do, how do we take that authority that, that you're talking about and, and don't serve as a servant or slave, but as a ruler of, of the God Almighty as his son or daughter? Yeah, you have to exhibit the truth. Uh, otherwise, you have a uh, orphan spirit. Oh. So the, the, the servant has an orphan spirit. In other words, they, they feel orphaned from God. They feel separated from God because they've been so injured in the world that they ha- they're not healed. And so, you know, it's not a problem to serve in the church, but, but how do you serve? Do you serve as a slave or do mm. you serve as a son or a daughter? Mm. So we have to receive that inheritance and realize I am the son of a king. You know, and, and I may be on the worship team, I be I may be teaching, whatever, but I'm not, I'm not a slave or a servant, but I'm a son and a daughter who rule with the king, and I'm no longer an orphan, but I also am I also have sonship. So it it's it's a perspective of how we see ourselves and uh, and and how we receive from the king and receive our healing have our past become our past and and cast down those things that exalt themselves against God in their life, like past traumas and uh, past relationships that weren't good or financial issues that we've had. And we just have to start receiving from the king and realize we have a right to receive from the king because we're his body and his word or his will is for us. The word of God is not written for God is written mm-hmm. for his kids. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. how you had said that, that, um, said that about God, that he's not a believer. He didn't write the Bible for himself. Yeah. Yep. It's his will for us. So if it's his will for us, should we not have it? Yeah. I, go ahead. And you receive it by faith. You receive it by trusting and believing in him. That's, that's awesome. Just receiving. I, I love, there's so much in the Bible about receiving. Everyone wants to know, what do I do to get it? How do I earn it? Do I deserve it? And it's like, no, he just says, faith comes by hearing of hearing of the word. Yep, that's right. Um, just... Yeah, that's so powerful. Um, on your website, you express that the work of healing um, deals that God told you deals with your condition and the place of your being healed deals with your position. What does that mean? Well, by his stripes, I am healed. That's a positionary place. Okay. So the word, the word is, is active by active, active, uh, active by faith, not by what we see. You know, we can't, we can't receive prayer and say, well, I didn't see any change. We have to walk by faith and have our faith become the substance of what we hope for, the evidence of what we don't see. Because the scripture also says that all all seen things come from the unseen realm. Yeah. God created the world and everything in it. So we have to learn how to receive by faith what God gives us so that we can 
have our faith become the vehicle to bring the healing or the restoration from emotional trauma or whatever it is into our lives. And, mm -hmm. and just know that, uh, uh, that uh, when, we are, when we are sick, being, uh, receiving our healing comes by faith, but being healed is a positional place where we say, by his stripes, I am healed. And, and we're confessing that, and, and our condition doesn't determine what our position is. Our, oh, position, like our position is in God, and our position is set by faith, and our faith is the evidence of what we haven't yet received. Wow, I like that. I like that. Um, you had mentioned something at the conference about like the enemy um, moving things out of sight but not out of reach and you had just kind of touched on it right now about bringing forth that which is in the unseen realm in the supernatural realm and bringing it into the seen realm and i feel like that's kind of what you're talking about here about the the, the aspect of faith yeah yeah because faith allows us to uh to uh to know that uh God's word, that the things in the world, the things seen, were not created by things that are seen, but things that are unseen. Right. Because God, who is unseen, created all seen things. So, you know, a miracle isn't out of your reach; it's only out of your sight. Mm. So, so we have to, we have to. If, if someone's missing a hand, and we're praying for the hand to grow. We have to not, not try to look at what we don't see. But look at what we do see in the kingdom of God. So, and we see that through the seeing of faith. Faith sees what is not. Faith sees the hand in the spirit realm so it can begin to steward it into the natural realm. Because all things that we see in the natural realm come from that realm of the spirit of God that we need to have faith in. That's so powerful. It's so deep. So, yeah, because it, it, it allows it, and that's part of what, why we need to really allow the Holy Spirit to give us supernatural thinking, or, or to to know what the mind of Christ is, so that we have we can think supernaturally, and not be limited by natural thinking. Well, I like how you said that because the Bible says we have been given the mind of Christ, and in the conference you had mentioned like. Don't try to use your mind and God's mind because then you're acting double-minded. I believe that's what she said. Like, you don't have to yeah. use your mind. You can use the mind of Christ, which you've been given. Yeah, because it says the carnal mind is at war with the spirit mind. Mm -hmm. It wars against the things of the spirit because the carnal mind goes by what it sees. And so it tries to determine whether or not you're healed by what you by what they see rather than by, by having faith that moves what is not seen into the seen realm. So, so yeah. the mind of Christ gives us a supernatural ability to think uh, in the realm of the spirit and to see what is in the kingdom of God and how to release it onto the earth. Now, is that something that you just close your eyes and you pray, God, show me the spirit realm? Or how does that how does that even happen? Because I think we're so used to relying on our senses that we forget that we have the spiritual sense that we need to tap into. And I, and I would like to embrace that more. Well, that's why God gives us the Holy Spirit, 
and the Holy Spirit is in you, it says, and the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit who is inside of us. So it's learning to listen to the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. Yeah. And he, the Bible says he'll lead us into all truth. So it's walking by the Spirit and acknowledging the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's very easy to acknowledge all the things we see in the natural realm that came from the spirit realm. Mm. But now we have to start switching and realizing reality isn't what you see. Reality mm. is what you don't see that created everything you do see. Wow. So, so the ability to see something in the kingdom uh, is, is our ability to see it first in the realm of the spirit so we can see it in the natural. Mm. That's... Yeah, because, because all natural things come from that supernatural realm. Do they not? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the beginning, God spoke, and everything was created. And, and it, it talks about that in, in the scripture in uh, Hebrews 1, or Hebrews 11, rather. Yeah. I'm just soaking in what you're saying. Um, and, and I know we're running out of time. Um, I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions about... Um, the just sickness and healing because you are the yeah. founder and director of Healing Rooms Ministry. Um, you have said before that, you know, our bodies don't belong to us. They were bought with a price. Our, our body's a temple of God's spirit. We're supposed to glorify him in it. It's our responsibility to take care of our bodies. How, I mean, how, how do we, you know, and then you said um, God will reign or sickness will reign. So how do we get to a point where we allow God to reign and the sickness just has to flee? Whether it's mental well, sickness, um, physical sickness, spiritual sickness. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's basically coming to, to the will of God that's for us, that uh, God didn't create us to walk in trauma. The enemy brings poverty, sickness, and death to the body. And, and God sent Jesus to redeem us from the curse of the enemy. So... Uh, healing is the process to establish health in the body because, you know, we don't get healed so we can get sick again. Right. So the Holy Spirit talked to me about stewarding the body because we, we know we have to steward our spirit. You know, we don't read bad things and try to grow in God and in, in the knowledge of God. So why would we put bad things in our physical body and, and expect our physical body to be in good shape? You know, so... It's just a matter of, of walking in health and what does that look like. And I think, you know, anybody can do that. I mean, I'm 75 years old next week, and uh, I, I walk in health. You know, I don't, I don't have, haven't had a cold in a long time. And uh, uh, I exercise and I eat good nutrition and, and I, I, I feed on the Word of God. And, and I've always felt that if we – we have a spiritual immunity, and if we connect that with a physical immunity, we'll have a strong immune defense against poverty and sickness and death and the things of the enemy. So, you know, when our when our spirit is run down, it affects us. And when our body is run down, it affects the body as well. But our body is the temple of God. It's because it's the, it's the house the Holy Spirit lives in, which is the spirit of God. And God wants that temple well. So the Holy Spirit can do what he wants to do on the earth through us. Yeah, he can't do much with a rundown body, right? No, that's right. We yeah. can't, you know, it doesn't do any good to be called to go into all the word and preach the gospel 
and then get sick and be flat on your back so you can't do it. Right. I like that. Um, I I think I've got time for one last question. What would you yeah. say to someone who has never gone to a healing room, much less even knew one existed? What would you say to someone about possibly considering going to a healing room? Well, number one, they can they can go to our website, heaterrooms.com, and see the map and see where the heater room nearest to them is. And the heater room is a safe place. doesn't cost anything. It's free. And you can go in and and there's teams that are that are uh, trained up to pray for you. Typically, three people in a room. One leads to a grip on touching you. And uh, it's a and the, the key thing is it's a safe place to go. So uh, they they want to minister and bring healing to the whole person, spirit, mind, and body. So we deal a lot with root issues to sickness because we want to make sure that that root cause uh, that uh, everything maybe came from is dealt with so that we don't get caught in a revolving door. But, uh, but the, and, and people can come back as often as they want. It's not about just being there for one session. They can keep coming back. And uh, the queuing is based on what the Holy Spirit tells the team. It's always first come, first serve, and so forth. And we just want to make sure that uh, uh, we get people receiving the love of Christ and and, and get them healed up so they can fulfill the call that God has on their life. And it's caused, so it's, I call it redemption taking place because we've been redeemed from the curse. Mm. Jesus went to the cross to set us free, and we want to see God's people set free. So, you know, we see people get, that can get healing prayer in church, but but the healing room kind of can go more deeper and deal with root issues and, and be sort of a one-on-one private session where three three team people pray for somebody and uh, and through because I, I think healing is simply the, the expression of the love of the father for sons and daughters and so we have to exhibit his love and when that love comes the healing of what the father sent the son to the cross to produce for us takes place in us you just said so much right there and i i just really appreciate how you said that the healing rooms and the people in there you know, guided by the Holy Spirit, they try to get to the source, to the root issue. So you don't, yeah. you know, not that you can't come back and get more healing and more healing, but this is like sure. a, we want to get to the root. We're not trying to just heal the symptoms and, and give you yeah. an answer for the next few days. And then you got to come back because you're still dealing with the same symptoms because we haven't gotten yeah. to the root of the issue. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, we just want to see the person restored and set into their the call and destiny of their life. I love it. I thank you so much for what you're doing in the healing rooms, you and your team. And I really appreciate for you and you today answering my questions and increasing my capacity of knowledge for God's truth. And you, you know, I just I'm I'm forever humbled and grateful. Thank you so much, Reverend Pierce. Okay. Thank you, Jeannie, for having me on the program. God bless you. God bless you as well. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. For more information on healing rooms and to find a healing room near you, or for more resources from Reverend Cal Pierce, please visit healingrooms.com. I value and appreciate your feedback. And if you need prayer, please reach out to me on Instagram at Jeannie Terry Official. That's J-E-A-N-N-E-T-E-R-R-Y Official. Until next time, friends, peace and blessings.